And welcome back to another episode of the Total Sports Live podcast. This is Joe Von Alford, and I'm joined by my guy, Nick Earnshaw. Called him up from the bullpen, from the minor league bullpen, joined us on the pod. He wasn't with us for, for, our, for our last one, but as we continue our rotation of uh, summer pods, he's back with us uh, this week. Uh, we're going to talk about some hoops as the NBA draft just wrapped up on uh, Thursday night. However, before we do that, always make sure you're following us on Twitter at Total Sports Live, checking out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. There's probably a million other podcast podcast platforms that I probably didn't name, but pretty much if you have a podcast, if you if you listen to a podcast, you can find us there. Just search Total Sports Live TSL Podcast. Appreciate everyone that tunes in, listens to the pod as we try to bring you some good con- some good quality content. Uh, this summer, trying to stay in the rotation as we get ready and gear up to the football season because that's when it really is our uh, bread and butter. But like I said, I got my guy Nick with us here on the pod. Nick, always glad to have you on, man. Um, last week we talked about Eagles OTAs with me and Harrison. This week we're switching, ain't we're switching sides here and switching sports. We're not talking baseball, we're talking basketball, NBA hoops, Sixers, the draft, everything basketball in this episode. Yeah, Jovan, it's great to be with you once again back on the uh, Total Sports Live podcast. It's always a fun time uh, talking hoops and, and and football as well. I can't wait to talk football in the in the future uh, with Harrison and yourself. But yeah, I mean, we have a little bit to talk about tonight with the 76ers. I mean, draft was last night. Uh, very, very interesting draft. A very interesting move the Sixers made as well. I, it just feels like something's brewing for this NBA offseason. It's just, it's just the appetizer right now. And we'll we'll get into the to the meat of things in the coming weeks, but uh, yeah, excited to talk some hoops. Excited to talk a little NBA draft and some of these prospects. Uh, I got to, I got a chance to see a few of these prospects uh, up close and personal last season, so uh, definitely excited to talk about them. Oh yeah, most definitely. You you did as you uh, spent a lot of a lot of this past uh, winter and spring uh, in Delaware at the field house, checking out the blue coats and everybody coming through the G League. And there are some G League guys that we will be talking about in this pod. But before we do that, like you said, we got to talk about the hometown 76ers. They entered the draft with number 23, surprisingly, after the Nets deferred it. So then they got all the trade, they got all the mock draft working, saying, all right, who could the Sixers get? But you just knew, like you said, deep down inside that this team just wasn't going to use that first-round pick, even though people like myself and others tried to convince ourselves, like, all right, they're going to use this pick, man. They're going to go get us a – they're going to get a young athletic wing. This is perfect. There's so many guys that they can get at 23. You start running through all these – different simulations in your mind of who they can get in mock drafts. But as it was behold and what was been reported days leading up to the draft that they weren't going to use the pick. They did not use the pick as they traded it and Danny green to the Memphis Grizzlies for backup, uh, point guard combo guard, DeAnthony Melton, uh, Melton is a solid player. Um, averaged, uh, I want to say he averaged uh, 10.8 points, 4.5 rebounds, and 2.7 assists per game on a nice 40% shoot from the field and 37.4% um, from the field. He's also extension eligible this offseason, but we'll see what the Sixers obviously do with that. But a guy that can play both sides, 
defender, athletic, can shoot a little bit. Not bad for the Sixers, Nick, especially from what we saw with this team and that they didn't really have the guard depth as we, as we saw, you know, in the playoffs because Shake Milton really wasn't the shake that we knew last year, you know, so it really put a, a hamper on what this team could do at the point guards, at the point guard spot. There was only so much you can do of rotating Maxi and Hart and in and off the floor interchangeable. Now they get a guy in Melton who – like I said, very solid defender, can give you a little bit, can score, can do a little bit of everything on the floor, which I which I like. He's only 24, which is even better. And the funny part is that this sick funny part is there's like two connections between uh between uh Melton and the Sixers. Daryl Morey obviously drafted uh DeAnthony Melton, so there's the Morey connection. And also Melton actually worked out for the Sixers during the pre-draft process a few years back. He was actually in the same workout group because I was there, in the same workout group with Landry Shaman and Shake Milton. So to see it kind of come full circle like this is kind of pretty cool. And, yeah, like I said, Sixers get a really good, a really good, excellent player at a very relatively cheap price of $8 million per year, almost like what Maury did when he first got here, getting a guy like Seth Curry. So just what are your thoughts about, you know, the team, you know, going out and making that trade? you know, for a guy like De'Anthony Mellon, who's, like I said, still only 24 years old, which is amazing. Yeah, no, Jovan, it, it always comes full circle, doesn't it? I mean, Maury going back to a player he knows and, and what he knows best, and Mellon drafted him, uh, knows him pretty well. So, I mean, to unload Danny Green now, he's you get him off the books. He saved a couple of million dollars there uh, with his contract going elsewhere to Memphis. Now you move the 23rd pick. Um, you know, I, I do like this move for the Philadelphia 76ers because, you know, it allows them to get a little younger, a little more versatile uh, with Melton. They need as much as they possibly can. He's a little bit of an up better than Shake uh, too, uh, because we saw last year Shake kind of took a step back, was hurt for some of the year as well. So, you know, if, if you are the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, this, is a, this is a pretty decent move, and I think it's uh, just a little little appetizer, you could say, uh, for the Sixers, just a, a little move during draft. Now you're going to see, I think, more substantial moves as the offseason progresses. But Melton, you know, he's a little more versatile. He's athletic. He's young. And I think that's the key there. He's only, uh, you know, in his low 20s right now. You know, he's, he's entering his mid-20s. And, you know, I, I think he gives you something. He can shoot uh, the three-point uh, ball because, I mean, that's what they need. They need shooters uh, to come off the bench. When he can shoot threes at, at a decent uh, clip, uh, that's what they have. That's what this team has been lacking. So to get Melton, he, he's also pretty athletic as well. He can get to the rim when he needs to, and he plays pretty decent defense. And, you know, to have him come off the bench, especially with the upside he brings, I think this is a solid move uh, for Daryl Morey and company. My mic was muted. <laughs> so for people that don't know, uh, this is like you hinted to, this is going to be an interesting offseason for um, the Sixers. Free agency starts, I think, next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. I think that's when free agency uh, starts. And the Sixers is a team that have been linked to a lot of different rumors. We've heard, you know, the P.J. Tucker 
of rumors, you know, about, you know, what the, the team will offer him a three year, uh, $30 million deal. But we've kind of seen like that kind of got like some ice throwing on it earlier today. Uh, Tom Moore, who's been covering the Sixers for years, uh, said that the Sixers aren't trading to aren't trading to trim salary to use on a non taxpayer MLE, which means a potential free agent forward P.J. Tucker almost surely won't become a Sixer. So we had those rumors. We even had rumors last night leading up to the draft about Matisse Thybulle, which you know I I've talked this about with my friends, with you guys it seems puzzling for the team to trade. Uh, a guy like Matisse Thybulle's caliber, and like I was telling my one friend, I said there was a lot of teams in the NBA that are interested in a guy like Thybulle and believe he could be that missing piece for him. And we saw, you know, last night, you know, being reported by Keith Pompey that the Sixers were trying to acquire Eric Gordon and using Matisse Thybulle as an asset and even attempting to get a third team to participate in the deal. However, we also heard that the Trailblazers were willing to make a deal straight up for uh, Matisse Thybulle. So when we hear all these rumors, like you said, Nick, this could just be a precursor of things to come um, for this team. But from your opinion and where you see, you know, things, if you were Daryl Morey and the Sixers, what would you do to continue to try to help i don't want to say rebuild this team kind of retool this team to get them to where they need to be if they want to compete i can't even say with brooklyn because that's a <laughs> that's a that's a that's a story unto itself competing you know with the milwaukee bucks competing with the miami heat um competing with the boston celtics who are just in the nba finals even the toronto raptors who i think a very feisty team in the eastern conference that's just a very fundamentally sound uh basketball team yeah, no, I, I think it goes back to a little bit uh, towards the Ben Simmons trade. Uh, I think it goes back to that. You lose Seth Curry, you lose Andre Drummond, um, and, and you know they lost a little bit of depth uh, in, in making that move. And it kind of showed as the playoffs moved along, and you saw that in the second round. Uh, obviously, James Harden still needs to step up, uh, too. I mean, he, he didn't play as well as we probably would have liked. He probably had one James Harden s game that everyone's used to in the playoffs and you know i i just think they need they need to put shooters ar- around joel and beat and harden they have to um upgrade that this way to go about it at this point you've seen the around uh swirling around him uh throughout the past couple of weeks now so listen i think thibel he he obviously has to do a better job uh, of on the offensive end, he does not shoot the ball pretty at an efficient clip. Uh, he hasn't throughout his uh, short career so far in the NBA yet. But you know, he gives that uh, presence on defense that he lost with Ben Simmons. You don't have that. You wouldn't have that perimeter uh, defense. But uh, we we talked about this last night. I mean, Dival, he's an all defensive player at this point in his career. He's that good and that valuable on that end of the floor. And I don't think you should give him up for nothing. If you're going to trade Matisse Thibel, you better be getting something back. And, you know, if you're going to give up defense for offense, you better be getting a, a player that's going to elevate you uh, substantially. And, you know, I just think if you're giving up Matisse Thibel, you better get a, a substantial return back. And, you know, I think right now you keep him. You don't just offload him for nothing uh, because he's a very valuable asset to this franchise. Now, I, you know, they don't have a lot of room to work with this offseason, especially with how they are constrained uh, cap wise. And, you know, with the Tobias Harris contract, I, it's not going to shock me if they move him, if they find a suitor for him. 
uh, as well throughout the offseason. Um, they, they might have to unload Tobias Harris to kind of rework this roster a little bit because clearly you have committed to James Harden and Joel Embiid as uh, your future. You're going to go for it right now in this year. And if you have to unload Tobias Harris, uh, that you know who, who had a pretty good uh, playoff as well, might I add. Um, you know, that's not an easy decision to make, but if you don't unload that contract, I mean, what else do you have to work with? I mean, you just have Harden, you have Maxi, and you have Embiid, and the, the, that is your core right there. So if you move on from Tobias Harris and, you know, you're able to get something back for him and you're able to have some flexibility uh, in the market, I mean, this is what the Sixers might have to do if they want to contend. And, you know, it's unfortunate because I think Tobias Harris would be a solid found uh, piece to this uh, puzzle, um, but they just the, – the contract that he – um, exhibits just does not uh, put them in a position to up, upgrade the bench and allow them to do things uh, in free agency or make make other moves uh, if they don't move on from that contract because they don't have enough money. Yeah, no, you're definitely you're you're 100 percent right about that. Like you said, it's no disrespect to Tobias, the person or Tobias, you know, the player, because Tobias, the player has been like you said. Was, uh, yeah, I like wanna, Tobias. People don't, Right. People don't want to realize it. But like you said, he was literally he was the team's like second best player in the playoffs. More so, like you said, offensively, he had a couple of good games, especially in that Miami series in the first two games where there was no Embiid. He was literally putting the team, you know, on his back. And then defensively, what he was able to exhibit in both rounds, you know, that's something that, you know, can't be taken for granted. But like you said, with his contract and his contract, I don't think would have been an issue if he didn't have a, a guy like James Harden taking right. up another huge portion. Forty seven million. Right, taking a huge portion of that salary cap up. So, like you said, now it makes Tobias Harris, you know, not makes him the next in line to be, you know, moved, even though, like you said, you don't want to, and I don't think the Sixers would do this, right? You're not going to give away Tobias Harris for anything, right? Like no. I've seen people say, you know, just trade him for a couple of role players, you know, trade him to X, Y, and Z team. And it's just like, it's not that simple because – like many people have said before and things I've listened to, saying if you're going to trade Tobias Harris, you're probably going to have to take on a bad contract to get back. And there's not a lot of players in the NBA that have a bad contract that are decent, <laughs> good. They're like bottom of the barrel um, type of guys here. So when you when we think about it in that, you know, complex, like you said, he has to be the one sadly to go. And now, then it's going to be, like you said, what you get back in return. And like you said about Diable, right? You can't move off from him, like you said, just because of what he brings defensively. Like, when they didn't have Ben Simmons last year, he was their best perimeter defender. Even though they have DeAnthony Melton, I can still say Matisse Diable is their best perimeter defender. And you don't, and those don't grow on trees like that. Yeah, and Melton is nowhere near where Thibault's at. I mean, Thibault is um, an all-world defender at this point. Uh, in his career, he he's that good. And uh, when when you give up defense, and we saw, I mean, the Boston Celtics, they played pretty good defense. They got to the NBA Finals this year, so clearly yep. that means something. And, and obviously, the Miami Heat, another good defensive team, getting Golden pretty State. far into the playoffs. Golden State as well. I mean, they you know, obviously they have Curry and Clay and all, but I I mean, I you got you can't give up a valuable defender for nothing uh, if you're Matisse Thybulle. Now, is there a Bradley Beal maybe available? We saw his cryptic comments come out uh, a couple of days ago i mean kyrie irving's of the world you know what what does daryl morey have up his sleeve i don't know if eric gordon and pj tucker are the answer at this point uh <laughs> no. certainly 
P.J. Tucker is not worth three years and $30 million at his age. At, 30, at 37 years old now. No, he's going to be 40 years old by the time that contract would be in. That, that rumor swirling around is just bogus. And if the Sixers were to ever do that, I think they're they're in a lot more trouble uh, than we think. But <laughs> They would be funded um, no, P.J. Tucker's sneaker collection at that point. Oh, my goodness. No, I – if they get him, if they listen, I will. I won't mind a PJ Tucker signing if they go after him on a mid-level exception, uh, so, something of that nature, but at an affordable price. You can't just Thank be you. throwing around thirty million dollars with where they are uh, with, with their cap space at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think for for Tobias Harris, it's going to be tough to move him as well. So the Sixers are kind of stuck. Um, I trust Daryl Morey. He's been able to unload bad contracts before. Al Horford. Uh, we saw yep. a few years ago, I mean, being the most notable one, Josh Richardson as well, and they, they got some pretty good value back. Um, but, hey, listen, Tobias Harris is still a quality player in this league. Uh, he's a good three, fourth, third or fourth option for the 76ers. Mm-hmm. It's just where their bench is at. They just have no depth. They have no shooting off the bench. They don't have a ton of defense coming off the bench. Does Melton help that? Yes, uh, for sure. And he, and he brings some – some uh, you know young experience here as for the Philadelphia 76ers. But uh, moving on from Tobias Harris can be very difficult. It might have to be a necessity if they want uh, to put pieces around Harden, Maxi, and Embiid. Um, we'll see what Daryl Morey has up his sleeve. He, he got a pretty good player last night unloading Dar- Danny Green and that contract. Uh, you know, it, it depends. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Sixers go after another star. It would not shock me. But to do that, you're just going to have to move Tobias Harris. Yeah, you're going to have to move Tobias Harris and probably come off a of thigh bowl to get, you know, that third star. Something else that caught my attention where while you were talking, right? You mentioned, like you said, this team does this team lacks depth. And it's not as people that watch this team, right? And watch what they do in other realms of de- of development, right? It's not that this team doesn't have guys off the bench, right? It's because they don't play the guys that they develop that should be be your bench, you know, pieces like a Charles Bassey, like a Paul Reed, um, Isaiah Joe, who was basically just exiled. I don't understand what happened with that. And <laughs> even Jaden Springer, but Jaden Springer obviously had to spend time in Delaware because he needed those reps. He wasn't going to get it in the team. But specifically talking about those three guys, Bassey, Paul, Paul Reed, Isaiah Joe, those guys also should have been getting considerable minutes this past season to help upgrade your bench to where you're not sitting there thinking, man, I got to retool this whole bench, got to go bargain shopping for guys when it's like, no, you have the guys here. And we saw what Paul Reed was able to do in the playoffs. I think it was a, I think it was a disgrace that uh, Doc Rivers put him in that situation where he had to be forced into action like, hey, we're going to put you in the game. We're going to need you to play well. And it's just like, yeah. well, coach, should have been playing me in the rest of the whole season, but that's a whole nother topic whole another day. But it goes back to my point is, Nick, you know, they have the young players. Like, we know, we've seen them. They have guys on two ways, two players on two ways that could help. And this team just doesn't – they don't do nothing with them. Yeah, no, I, you're totally right. I mean, Paul Reese should have been playing by the end of the year. DeAndre Jordan should have never been a Philadelphia 76er in the first place. And yeah, Paul Reese should have, should have kept Willie Cauley-Stein at that point. Like, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, once they lost Drummond, I mean, this team just did not know what to do with the backup center position, uh, which is pretty pretty crazy. Um, no, I thought Paul Reed definitely should have got a lot more minutes before the playoffs instead of just being thrown in there into the fire. 
Um, but, you know, hey, maybe that turns out to be a good thing for Paul Reed. He gets thrown into the fire now, has a little bit of experience, knows what it's like to be in high-level basketball in the playoffs yes. in the NBA now. So, I, you know, you could turn that negative into a positive <laughs> at some point right. for Paul Reed. So maybe. Uh, maybe he takes that and, you know, maybe the Sixers say, hey, I mean, you're going to be our backup center to, to our franchise cornerstone next next year. I mean, I, I don't know where they're looking. I mean, Charles Bassey, uh, after Paul Reed uh, did his thing in the G League, Bassey comes in and was phenomenal as well. I mean, they, they've drafted well and they've developed a lot of good players down in the G League. I mean, Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton, a number of guys. You mentioned Isaiah Joe. He just hasn't gotten time, you know, to develop that three-point shot. He hasn't gotten the minutes. So, um no, I, I think they do have some pieces. It's just about do they want to wait around for these guys to develop? And, you know, right. that's kind of the key. And, you know, I you know, I think Paul Reed should get some more minutes. Um, Isaiah Joe, do you want to wait for him as long? Um, Korkmaz, I, I, I think he could have been a great bench piece, but he took a huge step back uh, yes, after getting did. that two-year yes, deal. He, um, he could have been a key contributor from the three-point line. So um, the, the, there's so many questions with some of these players, but – yeah, listen, I'm with you. I, you know I'm with you on the Paul Reed and Charles Bassey train. We were screaming last year for Doggers to play these guys uh, over DeAndre Jordan because he was so unplayable. I got in a, a ton of fights about that, but, uh, you know, it like, is what it is. We'll see if Doc uh, will play some of these young guys this year, though. Yeah, like literally there was there, – there could have been there – there literally were, I felt like, no negatives if you played those young guys. Like No. No. It's trial by fire. Like if they they don't they don't work out playing out well, they don't play, pan out well. But you gotta give them a chance. Over thirty two year old, thirty three year old. I don't know how old he is. You know, jumping up trying to catch alley oops geriatrically. You know, DeAndre Jordan not doing anything, and then you know, poor Paul Millsap. I just remember that in regular season oh, game against the Heat, where <laughs> Doc Rivers basically sent him out there like old Yeller to just get abused in the paint. And yeah. it's just like at the five, and it's like. like it's like old Paul man Millsap yells at cloud. Five. He's a four. <laughs> it's like old man yells at cloud. Paul Millsap. Like, what can he do at, at the five? He, you know, you can't run a small lineup like that with Paul Millsap. He, you know, he was just kind of added into the trade. I feel like for the Sixers in that Ben Simmons yeah. deal and James Harden deal. So I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they have some interesting questions. Uh, the back, who's going to back up Joel Embiid? I, I hope it's Paul Reed. I hope it's Charles Bassey because. I mean, they were both tearing up in the G League. They they have some time. Just give them some, uh, give them a chance to develop. That's all. Definitely give them some time and develop. This is Total Sports Live podcast. Jovan and Nick breaking down the Sixers, the draft, everything involved in the hoops world. So, like we said, the Sixers didn't. You know, they didn't draft anybody, but they've started to you know put some things together. They could there could be some future coats that we could be looking at. Uh, from what the moves they've made so far. Uh, so far, they have uh, signed to a two-way deal. Uh, Julian Champagne, uh, who averaged almost 20 points per game in the last 20 points per game in the last two seasons at St. John's. He was just a straight-up bucket getter. If you watched St. John's last this past season, the season before, dude's just he, he's a shot maker. He's a shot maker and gets buckets. If you can do that in the big east, you're pretty, you're pretty good. So he's on a two-way, so it'll be interesting to see what the Sixers do at the two-way because Mouth Powell and Charlie Brown Jr. is on two-way. So who stays, who gets elevated, yeah. that's going to be tough, even though I think both of them should stay, but that's a whole different story for all another day. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, on the also Sixers also signed to an Exhibit 10 deal, Aminu Muhammad, who 
left from Georgetown after his freshman year, and Georgetown wasn't that good um, under Patrick Ewan uh, this year. He averaged 13.7 points a game, 8.2 rebounds. Um, young guy, 19 years old, not really. He's still he's a little raw still offensively. That could be a guy who could be a, f- a future coach just with ex- Exhibit 10 deals. If, you know, guys, you know, they get a bonus, I think, and if they get waived, they can get assigned. So another future coach that could be on the development of wiring. And also, they also find another G League and night player for the second year, second summer in a row, Michael Foster, who was with G League and night last year. If you remember, they had Dacian Nix on the summer league squad, and then Dacian Nix obviously ended up in Houston and, you know, kind of tore up the blue coats in the uh, – in the G League final uh, with RGV. But now to get another guy, Michael Foster, who a lot of people like um, his skills. And I know that's someone you've seen, actually, uh, Nick, down in uh, in, in Delaware. And I think, what, Foster's only like 19, 20 years old. So he's still yeah. growing and still developing. He's young. He's, he's younger they than could me. have another guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Foster, I, I do like the Foster move. Champagne as well. I mean, you know, he, he played really well at St. John's. Uh, shot around 35% from three-point land could be another shooter you can develop. I mean, that's on six attempts a game as well. So, listen, I think that Foster could be a pretty good player for the 76ers that they can develop down the G League. That's what you use the Blue Coats for, and you have a great system. Yeah. It, start, it started with Johnson a few years ago as the head coach. Now you have Kobe Carl in there uh, as the head coach. They get back to back-to-back um, uh, G League championships. So, I mean, they have a really good program. They develop some really good players down the G League, and I think uh, I think Champagne, I think he, he... and get an opportunity to play. And then I do like the uh, signing of Michael Foster. I did get to see him as well. Uh, listen, he has to improve his jumper. He comes out of high school as uh, you know the 22nd-ranked recruit uh, the year he came out, uh, got an opportunity to play with the Ignite. Just has to be a little more consistent uh, with that jump shot. And then, you know, this is what the G League is all about. It's about – improving some of these guys, you know, getting an opportunity to play instead of sitting on an NBA bench and just, you know, waiting for your shot. Uh, so I, I do like some of the moves they made. Um, and, and listen, the Sixers have utilized uh, the Blue Coats a lot. You know, we like to see them get used in the 76ers uniform at some point with some of these young players. Uh, but, yeah, I think these are some some good young players that the Sixers, uh, you know, could develop in, into future maybe role players and even starters. Yeah, most definitely, and most, and probably would not be surprised if all three guys end up in Delaware as that roster uh, continues to take shape. It'll be interesting to see how those three guys also play in the summer. We'll see because they will be part of summer league roster. Summer Sixers coming soon. Um, back to Utah for the for the Utah, Utah summer league out in Vegas. So summer Sixers is coming back. Probably won't see a lot of the main guys there. Obviously, won't probably see Maxi. Um, maybe we probably. I think. I, I think Maxie's graduated from the summer yeah, league. Yeah, Maxie's Maxie's graduated <laughs> from the summer league. Uh, we'll probably get some Charles Bassey. I definitely think we'll probably see some Charles Bassey down there in the summer league, and maybe hopefully Isaiah Joe because I think he needs yeah. it. I just think he just needs just to continue to get those reps. And Jaden Springer, this will be year two. Yeah, for you'll Jayden. see Springer. You'll definitely see Springer. So, so if we're thinking just those three and the three that they signed, got six roster starting to come in shape. Obviously, we'll hear more as they get closer. Uh, to summer league, summer league play, which begins um, shortly. So to wrap up the pod, we got to talk about just the overall um, NBA draft, you know, which Harrison delightly uh, laid it out here uh, for us. So we're going to, you know, stick to what he has, you know, here for us. And talking about just 
another successful draft class for G League and Knights. Something that you know me, you, and Harrison have been following, you know, for for the last couple of years. You know, from the out from an outsider's point of view, and obviously you and Harrison being on the inside, you know, at you know Delaware, seeing a lot of these guys, you know, come through and just following the league, you know, just reading and seeing these guys and watching games whenever we can. You know, they've been successful. You know, Dyson Daniels drafted last night, eighth overall to the Pelicans. Uh, Marjan Bochamp, who I really wanted the Sixers to draft, but he went. Yeah, I think we were on the same page with that one. Oh man, I, if if they kept twenty three, Bochamp's there. I I was hoping they would take him, and he probably would have been there going twenty four to the Bucks. And now he's going to be a Buck, and then I know he's going to be a star. It's Pains just, me. It's, Pains me. It's just it's just written. And then Jaden Hardy, who surprisingly dropped to the second round at thirty seventh, which was very interesting. A lot of people didn't think he was going to drop that far. He could have been a late first rounder. Gets thirty seven, but. Again, overall, um, again, overall, uh, Nick, you know, every guy that has, you know, pretty much every guy that has, you know, come out of the Ignite program the last two years has been drafted. Obviously, last year, I think the only one that wasn't drafted was Dacian Nix. And this year, Michael yeah. Foster was the only one drafted. Isaiah Ty got drafted last year. But G League Ignite so far doing what the job is supposed to do. And we're going to think this is setting the stage for more guys coming up because we see Scoot Henderson coming up next. And a lot of people think Scoot, yes, his name is Scoot. Some people <laughs> think Scoot could be the number, I'm not going to say number one because a lot of people like the uh, generational talent of Victor Wembignana out of uh, France. But a lot of people think Scoot could be a top two, top three pick. So G League Knight right now putting in the work and producing the talent. Yeah, I, I think it's a great uh, a great thing that the NBA and the G League have created uh, for these young players coming out of high school, uh, going right to a professional league in the G League. I mean, it's the step right below the NBA. You get to play against some pretty t- pretty solid talent uh, down in the G we League. saw it this and, year with all the veterans yeah. signing into the G League. It was, uh, yeah. it was just yes. it was everybody just coming through. Isaiah yeah, Thomas, I mean, Lance Stevenson was just flying. Yeah, everybody. Everybody's been down there, it feels like, at this point. And so I think it's great experience for the uh, for these young players coming in. And I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work for a long time. I mean, Jaden Hardy, uh, Bo Champ, I mean, just a number of players coming out of out of this team and I, I really I, I really do like I think it's a great program for the NBA you're going to get a lot of I think you're going to see a lot of players start to move this way uh in the coming years uh as well so I I do like it I, I'm with you on Bochamp I, I wish they uh, I wish the Sixers were, were able to get him and snag him oh, he's got great size he's he's got great length as well uh it has to you know develop a little bit more of that perimeter shot, but uh, I think he will at some point. And listen, the Bucks they've developed pretty good players. Uh, one being Giannis Antetokounmpo at one point. So I, I think I think he'll do well with the Bucks. But yeah, Jaden Hardy, I, I was shocked he went uh, that low. Uh, you know, obviously he didn't shoot the three particularly well last year with uh, the G League Ignite. Uh, wasn't the most efficient scorer as he probably no. could have been. Uh, you know, as he was, you know, coming out of high school. I mean, he, you know, he was the Nevada 2021 Player of the Year. So, listen, I, I think, I think the Mavs got a steal that late in the draft. He, he's I mean, going and, to and, and I think he, and I think he averaged what 21 points a game. Yes. That's not the yeah. season. Not in the yeah, season. Not the season. No. So I listen. I, I think they, uh, you know, yeah. He, I mean, he could have he instead, but it's crazy because he could have chose Kentucky or UCLA. And, you know, as, as a couple of his top options, instead he goes the Ignite. So I, I think – I just think the Ignite, they're really going to take a lot of these top players uh, in the coming years. And I don't know how – I don't know how some of these schools are going to enjoy that, but 
listen, it, it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of players because a lot of them, you know, they're doing the one and done thing. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll move to the Ignite and they're getting, uh, again, again, against go some NBA talent. So uh, I do like it. And I think Jaden Hardy, I think Dallas, I, I really do think they got a good player in, in Hardy and he can develop uh, at his age for sure. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, Ignite, they're already getting a couple of guys, you know, coming in soon. I think they got a, a, a kid out of Canada. I think he's going to be joining. And he's like very highly touted. People lot talk about him. Then I think they just uh, picked up a five star recruit, I think. I th- uh, yeah, yeah, I think I did see that. Yeah, I did see and then that. They got a uh, five, uh, five star, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, Matus Bulls Bulls I don't know how I'm saying. It. My apologies, kid, for I'll butchering give it to your you. name. I'll give it to you. He's he's a five star <laughs> recruit, number eleven player in ESPN's top one hundred for the class of two thousand twenty three. Committed to the ignite, so you're seeing the talent starting to get there. And like we said, we saw a guy like Scoot Henderson who wasn't a part of this year's draft class. But it's going to be doing two years in the in the program, and we're seeing that what one year has already done for him to see him already being slotted in as yo, this guy's going to be a top five pick. So G League Ignite definitely it's working out that pathway to playing professional basketball, giving the guys another option outside of like you said, going to college or going overseas to the NBL in Australia, and also overtime elite, which is going to have some guys that seem like coming up in the ranks too. So we'll see how these things, you know, start to start to come together and see the G League tonight because you see we already see the guys having success from this year, from this past year's class and Green and Kaminga. If these guys pan out and Daniels and Bochamp and Hardy, yeah, it's going to look scary for uh, for college basketball very soon. Yeah, if, if, it, if it keeps on progressing the, the way that they do, and um. You also got to talk about local talent. There's a lot of local guys. There was a good amount of local guys that didn't hear a name called um, in the draft, but they did, you know, get picked up very quickly. You know, like in the NFL, the eighth round, the UFA period is always fast and furious. In the NBA, they do not wait. They are right there, ready to go. And we saw Colin Gillespie, the Villanova standout, getting a two-way deal from the Denver Nuggets. Um, We also saw Jalen Samuels, who was – a duo with him and a Colin Gillespie. Um, he's going to the Pacers on exhibit 10 deal. I always thought they, for some reason, I always thought that Jalen Samuels will thrive in the G league just the way he plays. <laughs> I think he's going to thrive. I can't wait for him to be a, a mad ant in Fort, in Fort Wayne. Uh, so we have him. Uh, we also have Jordan Hall from St. Joe's. Um, he was going to the Spurs on a free agent signing. And we also have a Philly kid, Isaiah Brockington. Uh, went to finish his collegiate career at uh, Iowa State, started um, at St. Bonaventure, went to Penn State from Archbishop Ryan. He signed an Exhibit 10 deal um, to the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. So a lot of local talent that's just being reported, you know, just from last night into today, uh, Nick. But I was, you know, outside of the local guys because I'm excited for them. I can't wait to see them in the summer league because I think it's going to be fun. And obviously, you see him in the G League. I was looking at the guys that have signed two wave and exhibit tens, and I'm just like, "Yo, the G League this upcoming season could be like really, really good." Yeah, I mean, it was great last year. I mean, I, getting to see Miles Powell, getting to see Charlie Brown, ba- I mean, all these guys, and then you have the Ignite come through Delaware as well. I mean, listen, the, the talent pool is becoming it's becoming essentially what minor league baseball to an to an extent in, in a sense. 
uh, mm-hmm. with Major League Baseball. It's, it's becoming kind of the same thing. It's a breeding ground for talent. I mean, you're seeing guys come up all the time. I mean, Alex, the, Alex Caruso's of the world. You're seeing, uh, you know, tons of players. The Miami you know, Heat, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, you know, so, the, I mean, you're seeing a lot of these guys start their careers in the G League and then end up as, you know, great players. I mean, Pascal Siakam, another name, uh, started in the G League. I mean, the Raptors are doing a great job developing players there, too. And so, listen, I think it's going to be great. You're going to see a lot of these also local talent. Uh, I'm excited for the Villanova guys. You know, you see Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson. They're they're all having a lot of success in the NBA. So, you know, hey, if they start in the G League and, and they start developing, I, I think you'll see a ton of these guys, uh, you may, even as role players in the NBA in just a, sh- a few short years. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So definitely can't wait to see how these a lot of these guys perform in the summer league because that will be their first audition to, you know, either keeping a two wave or, you know, getting to go to training camp to go uh, to uh, to G, to the G League. So it's going to be fun. And obviously, like I said, these probably aren't the only guys. There's going to be more uh, more names, you know, flying through that come through uh, guys that will be playing uh, this summer. And it's going to be fun basketball. So if you enjoy basketball, if you enjoy basketball, there's going to be a ton of NBA. Started next month, it's just going to be a ton of NBA summer league. You won't be able to get enough of it. It's going to be on TV for like half the month. So you need something to watch. Uh, there you go. We I was going to touch on overall draft off. I feel like everybody does that. Everybody talks about producers <laughs> and all that stuff. We Try were to, unique. You know, we have our unique yeah. way we went about it today. And I, I think it was it was a great discussion, Jovan, for sure. Yeah, most definitely. So I think that's about it. I think we got everything that we uh, needed to wrap up here um, on the show. Like I said, make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter um, at Total Sports Live, totalsportslive.com, as always. Um, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio. I think that's about it. Anchor. Anything? Yeah, Anchor. Yes, definitely. Anchor.fm. You can follow us on there, TSL Podcast, Anchor.fm. Um, FM, you check us out there. You can listen to the podcast there. You can download the episode, subscribe to us on there as well. Appreciate that. I think that's pretty much it. I don't think there's nothing else that we have to wrap up on this segment. I think, I think we're good. Yeah, I think, I think you covered it all. I mean, that's pretty much it. Check out, check out the site. I know Seth uh, has a new, new story yes. up there as well. Yes, Seth, uh, yes, did, Seth did Harrison have a new, I see Harrison had a new story up too, right? Uh yes, he had what Girardi, Girardi getting fired. Yeah, yeah, the Girardi, yeah, that and was then, yeah, that was a good one. And then like you said, Seth with an interesting view of yeah. uh fantasy awesome. football of uh and Christian Kirk's deal and how that kind of shook up, you know, fantasy football this year. If you yeah. don't know, Seth is like a true like fantasy guy. Like all in. He's all in on fantasy. All he's in. all in. If you see his Twitter, like the 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 breakdowns and the ADPs and <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the real deal. He's the he's the real deal when it comes to fantasy. So if you want to check that out, you can check that out um on Total Sports Live. So that's pretty much going to uh wrap up this episode. Once again, appreciate everybody uh tuning in. Thanks again uh for uh listening. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much about it. So for me and Nick, everyone have a good one. We'll talk to you. Uh, soon and make sure make sure i just want to leave this quick psa here make sure you go out and vote i'm not talking vote every four years vote like your life depended on it because if you know what happened today with roe v way being overturned and if that doesn't get you angry upset or like pissed off you should go do something about it and it starts like i said it doesn't start on 
the presidential year it starts on a non-presidential year it starts you know voting for people in your local townships in your local counties your state your cities it starts from there and then we get to this point but if you don't do the job and the groundwork on the on 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 the ground if you don't do the work on the ground then this is the type of shit that happens so yeah make sure you do your part as a person Put apply pressure to these people, apply pressure to these politicians. Nobody wants to see people standing outside Capitol, you know, Capitol singing God bless America. Nobody wanna hear that bullshit. Apply pressure to these people, get the job done, make sure this this make sure this shit gets back to where it needs to be, where women's rights are protected for women, because there is no reason, no reason at all that the government can make that decision to tell women what to do should be up to women to make that decision none of us should make that decision and let's get some gum reform too while we're at it so that's all i gotta say so for me and nick i gotta get off before i continue my rant so for me and nick everyone have a good one and we'll talk to you all very soon